Hello, and welcome to the Word Experience Podcast, where the Word of God is experienced in a fresh new way. Prepare yourself to hear God's Word talk with simplicity and understanding. And now, here's your host, Cliff Goldberg. What's going on, good family? What's going on, good family? Welcome to the Word Experience Podcast, where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. I am your host, Cliff Gober. Let's jump off with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for this time of hearing and sharing, this time of understanding and revelation. We thank you for continuing to be God in our lives, a mighty strong tower, our rock, our salvation, our shelter in the time of storm. You are our shield and our buckler. You are our God in whom we rely on, trust in, and lean on. And so we sit now, God, at your feet to hear a word from you that's going to impact and change our lives forever and ever and ever. God, we just declare that every ear that is hearing this is anointed to hear. Every heart is open to receive, not just the word, but the word behind the word. We trust you, God. I set myself before you and open myself up. You have given me the scriptures. Now you will give the people the revelation so we can learn and understand and grow in what it is to be a godly person. We declare that no weapon formed against this time shall prosper. We declare no hurt, harm, or danger shall come upon those who may be driving or walking or exercising, that they may say, stay, stay safe as they listen to the word. We thank you and praise you. We honor you and bless you. We declare these things to be so in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, fam. All right. I got a little, got a little quickie. Uh, this is not going to be uh, uh, long and drawn out. Well, none of my stuff is long and drawn out. It's just long. <laughs> but uh, I've only got a few scriptures to share with you today. There was a concept that came to my mind the other day. You know, in Christianity, we uh, uh, oftentimes in churches and in preaching, there is to talk about miracles. And there's to talk about how Jesus did miracles and how God did miracles in the Old Testament. And we shout and we praise God about miracles. And that's fine. But there is something, this, this is the phrase that came to me, the miracle of process. The miracle of process. Not everything that God does is an instantaneous, miraculous thing. We've seen it happen. We've read about it happening. People have had miracles in their lives. I've heard great testimonies about people being in drug houses and the taste immediately went away from them, you know, and, and that's awesome. And I'm not trying to diminish that way of God working, but it is not, I believe, it is not the only way that God works. And I think, I think more often than not, God works in process. And when the process is completed, that's when the miracle is revealed. So we're going to talk today about the miracle of process. And we're going to start at Mark chapter 4, verse 28. Again, as the, uh, as the old preachers would say, I'm, I'm not going to be before you long. <laughs> we're going to hit this thing and and uh, move on. So glad that you can be with us. We are at over a thousand listens and growing. Uh, we are worldwide now, and um, I'm just I'm just amazed at what God is doing with this podcast. And so glad you're with us. So Mark chapter four, verse twenty-eight, and this is the first scripture that came to my mind when I thought about this concept of the miracle of process. 
Mark 4, 28. God is giving, a, um, Jesus is giving the parable, one of the many parables of the kingdom of God. And he talks about how the kingdom of God is as a seed that's planted in the ground and uh, the sun shines and it rises, the, 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 the sower rises night and day and the seed begins to grow. And so Jesus gives this spiritual process in Mark 4, 28. He says, for the earth yields crops by itself. Here we go. First the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. The traditional King James says, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. So, so he talks about a progression here, a process. Those who have worked in the agricultural field or if you grow plants, my mother had some wonderful rose bushes around the house growing up. You don't just get rose bushes, right? You don't plant the seed in the ground Tuesday and you get rose bushes on Thursday. It doesn't work that way. There is a process. And Jesus is using wheat, I believe, as the uh, type of crop um, that he's using as an example. So first the blade comes up. Then the head or the ear comes up and then the full grain or the full corn in the ear. And it is only until the full corn or the full grain shows up, that's when it's time to harvest. But it's the progression of blade, head, full grain or blade, uh, uh, ear, full corn in the ear. Okay, it may have been corn, it could have been wheat, but you guys get my purse, my point here. Okay, there is a progression, and 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 it, God doesn't always work in a miracle that's instantaneous. Sometimes it's a miracle of process. Sometimes there are things I've heard a man of God say on that way to the place called there that the journey to get there, God wants to use that journey, to use those times and seasons to help develop us, to help prepare us, to help us to lose some things, to help us to add some things. So by the time we get to our purpose, not only are we mentally ready for it, but we're also spiritually ready for it. And that takes process. So if, it, if you've been praying for something for six months or a year or five years and it seems like God is not moving, he's moving, he's working, he's doing things, I want to say behind the scenes, but it's out of your vision. It's out of your spiritual or mental eyesight. You can't see what he's doing, but trust in the process. There was a basketball team, NBA basketball team. They were trying to rebuild and get back to the playoffs and get back to a winning basketball team. And they had this idea, this philosophy of what they wanted to do. And many people didn't agree with it. But what came out of the leadership was trust the process. Right now, where we are, we're not very good as a basketball team. But we have a process that we're putting in place. And as we trust the process eventually we'll get to our results. Now, they're not a championship basketball team yet, but they are a playoff basketball team. So to some degree, the process has worked. And, and I think oftentimes we religiousize 
purpose and we religiousize miracles to the point where we want to ignore process. And we can't ignore process. We have to walk the thing out until we get to our or to we get to God, to God's desired end. All right. All right, let's look at another scripture. Mark chapter 8. We're going to stay in Mark. Uh, Mark chapter 8, verses 22 through 25. Mark chapter 8, verses 22 through 25. I might set the record for the shortest podcast I've ever done <laughs> with this one, but I believe it's going to be power-packed with revelation that will help you guys uh, as you go through life and as you go through the process. Yeah, I see that, Lord. You know, when a, when a, when a woman gets pregnant, there is an entire process before that baby is born. There's, you know, they, they break it down into trimesters, first trimester, second trimester, third trimester. And all along the process, there are things that have to happen. There are things that occur. And it's all part of the process until that nine month or 10 month or seven month, God forbid, that, that period where it's time for that baby to be born. It's a process. It's a process. It's a process. It's okay that it hasn't come yet. It's a process. And if you know you, I see that, Lord, if you know you are in the will of God and you know that what you prayed for is in line with what God has for you, or you believe you heard from God as to what your destiny is going to be and it hasn't happened yet, trust in God's process. All right? All right, so Mark chapter 8. I want to look at verses 22 through 25. Now, we know that Jesus healed the sick. He raised the dead, right? You got songs about it. Uh, uh, oftentimes, his healings were miraculous. But this is one particular healing that's always, that's always caught my eye, caught my attention. And it speaks directly to process, a process, a miracle of process. So here we go, Mark 8, 22 through 25. Verse 22 says, Then he came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. And he was restored and saw everyone clearly. So the first touch didn't do it. The spit didn't do it. Man, can you imagine somebody spitting in you? Can you imagine going to a church service and the man or woman of God says, I'm going to hear and spits in your eye? Man, you talk about the Twitter universe going crazy. Cell phones all up. Did, did Bishop just spit in his face? All over the place. Right, we'll leave that where it is. All right. So the first touch didn't happen. It didn't work. It didn't work completely. It was a process. First of all, he couldn't see it all. Jesus did the first step in the process, and the man could see, but he just saw men like trees, like walking trees. So he couldn't see fully and completely. So then there was a second touch in the process. And when the second touch happened, the miracle was complete. The miracle was complete. 
And we want to, again, walk through the process until the miracle is complete. That's the goal, to walk through the process until the miracle is complete. All right? So just because you prayed for a week and, and the thing hasn't come to pass, that, that doesn't, the process isn't complete. The process isn't complete. We're not going to go to this scripture, but it's I believe it's in Genesis 38 or Genesis 39. It talks about Joseph. And, and most of us know the story of Joseph. There was a process that he went from. Now, God gave him the image of who he was called to be, gave him the image of his purpose in a dream, several dreams. And yet he had to go through a process to get from where he was to where God wanted him to be. First of all, his brothers hated on him. They snatched him up. They threw him in a pit. So now he's in a pit. First step in the process. Then he goes from a pit to being sold in slavery. And he goes to Potiphar's house. Second step in the process. Now he's not there yet. That's not his destiny. It's just part of his journey. It's a part of his process. From Potiphar's house, he gets falsely accused, thrown in prison, this doesn't seem like a very cool process, does it? <laughs> he gets falsely accused, thrown in prison. Now he's in prison as part of the process. But because he was in prison, he met a guy who knew Pharaoh, who's, who rec recommended Pharaoh, recommended Joseph to Pharaoh, and Joseph goes from prison to the palace, and it is in the palace that the miracle was completed. And he ended up being the second in, second in charge of all of Egypt, brought his family into Egypt, created uh, a national wealth and a huge national economy for Egypt where they could take care of various countries around them. And it all came through process. So don't, don't, don't be frustrated in the process. Don't fight the process. Right? Back in the day, you had a couple of songs. They say, don't fight the feeling. I ain't going to say that. I'm just going to say, don't fight the process. Okay? All right. <clears throat> Let's look at a couple of more scriptures. Proverbs 28 and 20. Proverbs 28 and 20. Proverbs 28 and 20 says, A faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. There are Well, let me go ahead and read this out of the message translation because this is right on point. In the message translation of Proverbs 28 and 20, he says, Committed and persistent work pays off. Get-rich-quick schemes are rip-offs. And, and, and how many times in our society do we get emails or text messages or you know, conferences where you can be rich in 21 days? You can be, you know, you can be a millionaire in a month. Right. It doesn't work that way. And if it works that way, you're not going to uh, you're not going to hold on to it for very long. Right. I think the, the scripture says the fool and his riches. Um, I'm going to do the cliff translation. A fool is his and his riches don't stay together very long. <laughs> That's the cliff translation. All right. Anything gained quickly has a strong chance of not sticking around. 
All right. And I know we hear about these things. This guy had this company and he sold it for, you know, nine billion dollars. This guy had an app and he sold the app for 50 million dollars. But do you know how long he took or she took to work on that app? Do you know how long they worked on that product or that experiment or that company? Yeah, we read the headlines that they had a company and they sold it and blah, 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 blah. True riches, true riches are more than just money. True riches encompass more than just money. Money is a part of it, right? The one scripture says money answers, money answers all things. Okay, but that's not the complete thing. And we don't want to chase after riches. We don't want to chase after get rich quick schemes. I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm 30. You know how much work that's going to take? And what are you going to lose in that time where you're spending 120 hours a week working and grinding? What do you give up? What do you sacrifice just so you can say you're going to be a millionaire? There's a there's a well-known celebrity, and uh, he had talked about how he wanted to be a billionaire in a certain period of time, and he's been working and working and working and working and working hard to reach that goal to be a billionaire. Very talented, extremely hardworking. Uh, last year, he had a car accident, and I just read a blurb about him the other day where he realizes now he has his family uh, he's been neglecting to a certain degree, and now he wants to rearrange his life and his schedule to balance out his work and his family. You know, it's not all that it's cracked up to be, fam. It's really not. Getting quick, getting rich quick, getting successful quickly, becoming the president of the company in three months. You know, that stuff, that, there are no roots planted in that type of situation. You got to plant some roots You've got to pay some dues. You've got to go through some things before the miracle occurs. You have to walk through the process before the miracle occurs. I got one more scripture on the real. I got one more scripture. Matthew, well, it's, technically it's two more scriptures. So Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, and then Matthew chapter 1, verse 17. Now, this is the model that God uses where process is concerned. This is the ultimate process, right? So Matthew chapter 1, and I didn't want to read all of it. Um, well, yeah, I'm going to read all of it. Let me find it. I've got to pull it up here now, and uh, I'm going to read all of it. This is Matthew chapter 1, and we're going to go from verses 1 to verse 17. Matthew chapter 1 verses 1 through 17. Since this is my last scripture, might as well rock it all the way out, right? <laughs> so I'm typing this up, Matthew 1, 1 through 17. You guys get to see me do this live now. This is usually what I do off camera. All right. Matthew 1 says, The genealogy of Jesus Christ. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Here we go. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez begot Hezron, 
and Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot Aminadab. Aminadab begot Nashon. And Nashon begot Salmon. Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Obed begot Jesse. And Jesse begot David the king. Process. So we went from Abraham to David via process. But we're not done. God's going, oh, but wait, there's more. David the king begot Solomon by her who had been with the wife of Uriah. Solomon begot Rehoboam. Rehoboam begot Abijah. And Abijah begot Asa. Asa begot Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat begot Joram. And Joram begot Uzziah. Uzziah begot Jotham. Jotham begot Ahaz. And Ahaz begot Hezekiah. Hezekiah begot Manasseh. And Manasseh begot Amon. And Amon begot Josiah. And Josiah begot Jeconiah and his brothers about the time they were carried away to Babylon. And after they were brought to Babylon, Jeconiah begot Shealtiel, and Shealtiel begot Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel begot Abiud. Abiud begot Eliakim. Eliakim begot Azor. Azor begot Zadok. Zadok begot Akim. And Akim begot Eliud. Eliud begot Eliezer. Eliezer begot Matan. And Matan begot Jacob. And Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Talk about process, man. Talk about process. Now, when Rehoboam begot Abijah, they had no idea that they were going to be the descendants of Jesus. There were prophets who had talked about it. When, 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 when Boaz met Rahab the harlot, no, no idea that Rahab, when Rahab helped them in, the, in, the, uh, in Jericho, helped the, the men of Israel to escape, she had no idea that she was setting herself up to be the descendant uh, uh, the elder or the, the, the ancestor of Jesus the Christ? Right in the middle of process, you can't always see what God is doing, but he's, <laughs> he's doing something. And it's for your good. He's doing something, even though you can't see it, even though you see it, but you don't understand it. He's working on your behalf. And we have to believe that, that whatever is going on, if I am certain that I am in the will of God, I know that whatever God is doing, it's for my good. For as Paul says, we know that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord, who are called according to his purpose. So yeah, it can be frustrating. Yes, it can be depressing. Yes, it can be maddening. God, what are you doing? Or God, it doesn't look like you're doing anything. But right in the middle of Ram begotting Aminadab and Aminadab begotting Nashon, God is working. 
right in the middle of, of Solomon begotting Rehoboam and Rehoboam begotting Abijah. God is working. Because when we get down to verse 17, he says, So all the generations of Abraham to David, are 14 generations, from David until the captivity in Babylon, are 14 generations, and from the captivity in Babylon, from the captivity in Babylon until the Christ are 14 generations. Three 14 generations, three 14 generation periods. And so when you hear people talk about God stepped down from 42 generations, this is what they're talking about. Three times 14 is 42. Now, it's been said in, 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 in the Old Testament, a generation was approximately 40 years. So if you take 42 times 40, y'all know I'm a nerd, right? We're doing this math right about now. If you take 42 times 40, you get 1,680 years. 1,680 years to go from Abraham to Jesus. Somebody said, well, why didn't he just bring Jesus in in the garden after Adam sinned? He had to work a process. There had to be a process. Why does it take four years to graduate from college? There has to be a process. Why does it take seven, eight years to finish medical school from the time you go from undergrad all the way to medical school? There has to be a process. Why does it take so long for someone to become the CEO of a company when he comes in at the bottom? There has to be a process. And we have to trust God's process. I said we, right? Because I'm throwing myself in this too. We have to trust God's process. When things look crazy, we have to trust God's process. When you're so confused, you have to trust God's process. There are things going on that you don't know about. But once he spits in your face and then touches you again, you'll go from being blind to sight being fuzzy to sight being clear-eyed. But we have to trust the process. Because when the process is completed, that's when the miracle occurs. Amen? All right. That's it. That's all I got. That's all I got, fam. That's all I got. <laughs> I told you it was going to be a shorty. I told you it was going to be a shorty. Listen, I thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you guys. You guys are just the best, the best, the best. Um, hit me up on Facebook, on my Facebook page, the Word Experience Facebook page, or you can email me at clifftalk 63 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your comments, your input, how the podcast has been blessing you. And even if you don't reach out to me, listen, I know you're listening. I know you're out there. I know you're out there. I see you. I see you. And I'll see you next time <laughs> on the Word Experience Podcast, where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. God bless you, fam. See you next time. Peace. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that what you heard will start you on a journey of change and transformation. If you'd like to communicate with Cliff with a question or a comment, you can do so via email at clifftalk 63 at gmail.com. That's clifftalks, the number 63, at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. God bless, and we'll see you next time on The Word Experience.